your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 333 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And we got a very special treat for you guys today. Joining me in just a second here is going to be owner of Forever Blue Shirts and the Daily Goalhorn, Mr. Anthony Scultori. He's going to be joining us, and uh, we talk a little bit about everything. Jack Eichel trade rumors, everything that's going on with the Rangers lately, uh, the fact that the Rangers are pretty quietly one of the hotter teams in hockey over about the past month or so, however far you want to go back, but they've really been playing some good hockey. Uh, we talk about their playoff chances and a whole lot else. Enjoy. All right, and so without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in our special guest for today, the owner of Forever Blue Shirts and the Daily Goalhorn. Dot com, Mr. Anthony Scultori. Anthony, how are we doing today, buddy? How are you, man? How's everything going? Uh, pretty good. You know, it's going to be a fun uh, stretch down the uh, down the road here. You know, the, the ending of the season for the Rangers. They're obviously uh, playing some pretty good hockey lately. Coming off of a nice 3 nothing shutout win of the Devils last night. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, I, I like the way this rebuild is going. And, you know, it, it's obviously nice to have you back on the show here. I know we've been trying to line this up for a little while here, but I want to start today by asking you a little bit about the trade deadline. Uh, the Rangers obviously stood pat. I kind of had a feeling that this might be the way that they went. You know, I didn't expect any blockbuster deals or anything like that, but just want to get your general thoughts, man. I mean, what did you think about the Rangers' approach at the uh, the trade deadline this season? The Rangers were not going to do anything at all. Uh, everything I was, you know, for several for several weeks, pretty much was uh, informed that they just unless the deal was going to be beyond this season. It's just not something they were going to do. Um, right. And also, because they were in a, they're still in a playoff race, and uh, I think it should be known that they are one of the hottest teams in hockey in the last month. So since March 14th, the Rangers are 10-4-3 for 23 yeah. points. That ties them for the fourth best point totals uh, among any NHL clubs. Okay. Uh, only ahead of them are the Washington Capitals um, that have 24 points, the Predators have 26, and the Avalanche, who have been as red hot as any team in the NHL, period, have 30. So, you know, I, I think when people get stuck in the standings and they look at the Rangers and they go, man, they're four points out, Boston has two games in hand, they're never going to make it, this is a lost season. I'm sorry. I mean, you're, you're, you, it's really just not looking at the big picture. This is the youngest team in the NHL, guys. I mean, yep. it's just, just good stuff. So no, no surprises. Happy they didn't do anything silly at the trade deadline. There was no way they were going to give up future assets for a rental. That was never in the cards. That was made crystal clear to me this past weekend going into the deadline. Just not going to happen. So um, seeing what came out, Perfectly fine. And unless Jack Eichel was actually going to be made available, they weren't making any deals. Gotcha. And, you know, you mentioned the playoffs and, you know, the, the Rangers obviously trying to track down the Bruins. And, I mean, I don't think it's a disaster if the Rangers don't make the playoffs this season. I think it's definitely a team that's 
moving in the right direction, whether they get a postseason appearance or not. But I've kind of been trying to be glass half full about the playoff situation because, you know, if you look at the month of April, coming into the month of April, you look at the schedule, and obviously the Eastern Division, for my money, I think it's probably the most competitive division in the NHL this year. I mean, we could have a separate debate about that, but, you know, you look at the schedule, and if there's any such thing as a soft portion of the schedule for the Rangers this season, it's this month because you look at it, you got four games against the Sabres, you got four games against the Devils, and no disrespect to those two teams, but facts are facts. They are the two bottom teams in the division. So you've got that. And mm-hmm. then to, to end the season, you know, the last two games in May, you've got a pair of games against the team that you're trying to trace down, which is the Boston Bruins. So if you go into that two game set, you know, down by two or three or four points, at least you got a shot at it. I mean, I've kind of been feeling pretty good about, you know, the Rangers might be in it right there until the end. But what do you think about that, man? I mean, can they still get in? Can they pass the Bruins or are they just kind of running out of games here at this point? What, what, do, you, what do you think about their playoff chances? So right now, their playoff chances, uh, this is more about the journey and about setting up a winning culture, which these young players continue to experience. Just think about Capo Caco, his first year with the Rangers. Um, you know, it, wa- it wasn't easy. And he's come a long way. Are the points there? No, not yet. But you can see he's come a long way. He looks like a dominant force on the ice now. But he did make the playoffs, you can call it the playoffs, his return to play was the qualifiers, even though it wasn't the official, the official 16-team playoff, um, those stats were, uh, were allocated as playoff stats for the qualifiers against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, Alexei Lafreniere, um, you also have, um, you know, Keandre Miller, these guys are in the thick of it. And they, they really have come together, and they're, they're starting to find their game. I mean, the kid line has been fantastic. Uh, Keandre Miller has been rock solid all season. But now I'm starting, you're seeing a little more confidence in Miller offensively. He's stepping up. He's using that cannon of a shot he has. Yeah. There's a lot of good things here. You know, realistically, is it going to be tough? Sure. I mean, the Bruins, the team, the, probably the only realistic team we could catch unless somebody were to fall apart. They just added Taylor Hall. Right, yeah. and they added mm-hmm. Kurt, Curtis Lazar. Uh, I do believe they still have problems offensively. You know, if, if Hall doesn't click, they will still have problems offensively. Uh, they will still have problems defensively. If since you know, still dealing with the Brandon, Brandon Carlo injury, uh, their goaltending is a mess. Yep. All right, Tuka Rask, what's going on with him? I don't know. So they're catchable. I mean, the Rangers actually need to be even or up in those last two games uh, of the season because. The, the, the Bruins have two makeup games afterwards. They're not easy ones. One is against the Islanders, again, the other one's against the Caps. So they could lose both of those afterwards. Yeah, clear yeah. Day. And the best, the best thing about it is that the Islanders and the Caps likely are going to be fighting for the first spot in the playoffs, right? And the right to play that fourth seed team. So it's, it's really a fun race. And, you know, I, I think the Rangers have a really good chance of getting in, especially considering that, you know, the Bruins almost lost a point to the Sabres last night. You know, let's not lose, yeah, lose yeah. sight of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we will see. And the best thing about the Bruins and the Devils, and that also goes for us, can't take them lightly, is, the, is that they're, they, they're playing without care. They don't have any pressure. This is fun for them. And, they, and don't ever discount the role of playing spoiler for a team that has nothing else to play for. It's a lot easier to play than trying to be the one that's trying to win first place. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that I definitely want to ask you about. I know you've written about Zach Jones a little bit. Uh, What's your take on him? And um, based on what you've heard or even just a gut feeling, uh, do we see him make his debut with the Rangers in relatively short order here? And, and what, what can we expect when he's out there? You know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, based off of the comments that uh, Quinn made yesterday, I don't expect it anytime soon. Uh, you know, look how long it took for Kratzoff to yep. get in. He plays in the KHL, not in the NCAA. Um, you know, he played, he basically played a pro season. Uh, and it's, they still wanted to get him acclimated. And I think it was the wise choice because just look at him now, a few games in, you know, the nerves are out. He looks good on every line you put him on. He's basically become an X factor for the Rangers. He's given them four great lines. I mean, I mean people are, love to scream and yell about something with the Rangers these days, and, <laughs> and they love to pick, Dave, you know, pick apart David Quinn for some reason. Uh, but, you know, he's done a masterful job developing the talent, you know, and, and trying to get the minutes and also keeping the team competitive. I repeat. The Rangers are 10, 4, and 3, okay, in their last, um, what you call it, last uh, 17 games. 10, yep. 4, and 3, guys. That's, yep. that's no joke. And yep. he's playing, you know, kids 10-plus minutes. Keandre Miller is playing 20-plus minutes. You guys got to stop. Adam Fox, it, you know, usually you deal with a sophomore jinx. Adam Fox scoffs at your sophomore jinx. He's yeah. the worst trophy can. Okay, this is yeah. under the watch of, of uh, David Quinn. So, so, so I, again, you cannot pick and choose because you didn't like the fact that Alexei Lafreniere played uh, 10 minutes one night. 
You know, you can't pick and choose and go, well, that, he's not good at it because of that. You're wrong. Okay? Lafreniere admittedly said, you know, it, he hadn't played hockey in nine months. There's a lot to ask of a kid who's 19 years of age to come in and you're expecting him to be Austin Matthews when he's not even walking into an Austin Matthews situation. It's not happening. The Rangers had talent coming in. They weren't your typical dead last lottery team. They were a team that was competitive. And the right. first overall pick had to come in and try to earn a spot where two veterans, capable veterans, one, a superstar, which he's not going to be supplanting anytime soon in Artemi Panarin, right? And just, it's just, it's not easy. And I, I just, I look at it and I go, man, I, people complaining here, you, you, you just, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's good that at least the uh, the fan base has a lot of passion and they do care a lot about this. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you, kind of to build off of what you just said there. Um, obviously, there was no preseason this year and that the Rangers obviously stumbled out of the starting blocks a little bit. It took a lot of guys a little while to get going. And I'm not making any excuses for the Rangers because they didn't have a preseason. Nobody else had a preseason. But given how young the Rangers are, and you mentioned Lafreniere going, you know, whatever it was, nine or ten months without playing any hockey. And, you know, Capo Caco's just going into his second season. Do you think maybe the Rangers, and especially when you consider the slow start that they got off to this season, do you think maybe they were hurt by the lack of preseason more than the average team in the NHL was? I mean, would, would you agree with that? 100%. 100%. You got a young team. You got, you know, you, not only have a young team, think about the fact that, you know, every, every year you have roster turnover, right? Um, and the, the Rangers did that again. Henrik Lundqvist was bought out, right? Mark Stahl was moved in a trade. Uh, you know, no, I don't think anyone could have anticipated, you know, Tony D'Angelo hitting the self-destruct button as he did. Um, that also, you know, that happened early in the season. Uh, Shesterkin obviously wasn't ready to go. Uh, Georgiev was, but, you know, he, he had his tendencies that started to rear its ugly head at some point. Uh, I think the Rangers defensively uh, were a bit of a mess. Uh, I think Jack Johnson played well, but certainly wasn't the answer. Uh, as you were trying to infuse the youth into the lineup, uh, I think, you know, that all those things played a, a major role. And then we cannot be understated how bad it hurt that your your second best player in the lineup was, got COVID-19, missed training camp, and was reeling from the after effects and the, the, the after effects causing him to come out so slow out of the gate, then probably as he was even getting healthier was leading into confidence issues, right? Because it start, you start squeezing your, tick, your stick a little tighter. Um, so that slump by Zibanejad also crushed the Rangers. I, I got to be honest. Forget about all things, all factors, considering all factors, and I'm going to even remove the fact that Artemi Panarin missed 11 games. If Zibanejad is, a, is half the player he was at the end of last season, the Rangers are in a playoff spot right now. I agree, yeah. I think it did have that much of a ripple effect kind of just throughout the lineup. I mean, you're counting on him for so much, and you're not really getting anything at the start of the season. And obviously, you know, uh, I sympathize with him. Obviously, I wouldn't wish COVID on anybody. Uh, but that was obviously tough. And, you know, speaking of Mika, this is another question I was going to ask you at a certain point here. We might as well just jump into it right now. Uh, I had Vince Mercogliano on the show a couple of weeks back, and this is something that I discussed with him. Wanted to get your thoughts. 
So obviously he got off to a tough start this season. He's really turned it on lately, but his numbers probably still aren't going to be where you would expect them to be when this season ends. And he's going into what will be the last year of his contract next season. So if you're the Rangers, I mean, do you entertain thoughts of maybe talking to Mika this offseason about a contract extension, thinking that maybe you can get him for a little bit less than you were expecting? Or if you're the Rangers, uh, would you just rather, um, you know, let him play out the last year of the deal and, and cross that bridge when you get to it? Any, any thoughts on the, what the Rangers approach might be there, how you might handle it? You don't talk extension until you know what you're doing this offseason. You need yeah. to, you, again, if, if Jack Eichel is made available, there is, it's no secret. It's forget about that. You know, you know, it's been written by a number of people. Uh, you have actual, you know, I think the athletic did a piece where they talked to some anonymous executives. They feel that Eichel will be a, a ranger at some point. Um, and I believe that's the case. And if you're going to add a $10 million player, and that's what Jack Eichel makes, you're going to add a $10 million player. Before you talk extension with Zibanejad, you need to make sure 100% that Zibanejad is the center you expect him to be because Zibanejad is probably going to make close to $10 million himself on his next deal, which will go for seven years. Um, and there is no, there is no trading Zibanejad, right? There was some talk. I saw that. And some, and I think it was written in the papers. One of the papers wrote about possibly trading Zibanejad for Eichel. That's ridiculous. It's a lateral move. It makes no sense. The whole point is, is to have two elite centers because in, in the National Hockey League, the way teams are, are constructed, the winning teams, they have depth down the middle of the ice, okay? They have good centers. And right now, that's a, that's a weak spot for the Rangers if you want to compare them to contenders. This is nothing against Ryan Strome. Nothing against Trump at all. Matter of fact, I'd be more, and I know people will probably want to kill me, but I would be more inclined to retain Ryan Strom and make him your third line center and, get, and, and move on from Philip Heedle in a trade for Jack Eichel and make him one of the pieces that goes back because it's going to take those type of pieces to get a player like Eichel. Um, yeah. that, that, is, that is something I would do because, you know, I vividly remember... And I was thinking about this, like back in 1991, when the Rangers acquired Mark Messier, okay, they, gave, they, they traded away their number one center and replaced him with Messier. And they didn't really have any depth down the middle. And it cost them in the playoffs against the Penguins, which had Mario Lemieux and Ron Francis as their top two centers. So you can start seeing the picture I'm painting here, right? They, didn't win. they won the President's Trophy, but when they got to the playoffs, they didn't have it down the middle. If I remember correctly, I believe that one of their centers was Randy Gillen. And people are going, who the hell is Randy Gillen? Okay? That's one of their centers. In that year that they lost to the Penguins when they won the President's Trophy, and everyone thought that they might end their curse that year. Um, you know, and it's just something I look at. If Teddy had somehow found a way to keep Bernie Nichols, and he was the number two center, I think the Rangers might have won the cup in 1991-92, uh, Messier's first season, because they would have probably been even that much better. But they gave a big piece to get. Um, dynamics are a little bit different, but if the Rangers are going to are going to be looking to add center depth, uh, I think you want to probably have three great, three really good centers. And Strom, I think, would be a great third line center. Uh, I don't know who the wings would be, but I mean, he would. 
I, I would just see it working out really well if they could find a way to keep Strom. It's not a necessity. Strom might have to be the piece to go. And if you're trading Strom and whatever other pieces and you're, you know, bringing in Eichel, you won the deal. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, it's funny with Strom because, you know, a lot of people just assumed last season that, oh, well, you know, his numbers are only inflated because he's out there with Artemi Panarin. And, of course, that's true to an extent. I mean, what player in the NHL isn't going to have his numbers, you know, see an uptick playing with Panarin? But if you watch this season, man, I mean, he he killed it when uh, Artemi Panarin was out. Some other guys were really struggling. I mean, Ryan Strom played a huge role for this team this season. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the fact that we now saw that he can do it without Panarin, uh, to your point, I think, you know, he still has value to this team, even if he's on the third line and not necessarily with Panarin going forward, if there's a situation where they bring in Eichel. Yeah, no, 100%, 100% agree. I like, listen, I like Strom. I think Strom is, very, is a very good player. Uh, he, doesn't get, he doesn't get a lot of credit because it took him so long to blossom. I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest problem is they, you know, all of a sudden he took this long and it's got to be because of Panarin. But, you know, when he first came over, he actually was extremely effective when he came over immediately for Ryan Spooner. Uh, he's been very good since he got here. Uh, he found a home, and I think he's great. I mean, personally, myself, I think he could be an even better player if he wasn't always so predictable as being a pass-first guy. Uh, I think if he would take a couple of more shots instead of trying to, you know, make some fees. I mean, he's been, he's been frustrating me at the last few games because um, he's he's taken been been on two on ones and he's trying to make you know he's got a sea of sticks he's trying to get passes through just because he wants to feed Panarin. But you got to take the shot sometimes. Uh, I think that's probably that's not just a Strom thing, guys. That's 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 a Rangers thing. You know, sometimes taking that low shot and getting a rebound is probably more important than trying to saucer a pass over three sticks. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, getting back to Jack Eichel just real quick here. You know, I, I a couple of weeks back, I did an episode where I was kind of throwing together some hypothetical trade packages. And you know how it is, man. Like, you, you'll hear from both sides. You'll hear... Oh, man, that, that's way too much. You can't give away that much for Jack Eichel. And then you'll also hear, oh, man, the, the Sabres aren't going to do that for that. you you got to come with a better offer than that. That's just kind of how it goes. That's the nature of the beast. But is there any way that the Rangers can put together some kind of a package with, you know, kind of prospects and draft picks and not give away anyone from the NHL roster? Or are the Sabres in a position where, hey, listen, a lot of teams want Jack Eichel. Uh, you're going to have to give us a Pavel Buchnevich or you're going to have to give us a Keandre Miller, you know, somebody like that. Is there any way the Rangers can get this done uh, without including somebody from the NHL roster? Or do you think somebody uh, on the roster is going to have to go back to Buffalo in exchange for, for Eichel if there is a trade? There, uh, 100% you're going to have to give up somebody from the roster. That's just, okay. that's just a given. Uh, I've, I wrote about this. I said, you know, I spoke, I spoke to 
some somebody with knowledge. Let's just leave it at that. And I was going over, you know, what it would take. Right? There was a lot of talk at the time. I believe uh, Butcher Gross said something like, "If I'm the Rangers, I'm giving them like Taco, Heedle, this guy." In essence, it was like four first-round picks, which you know, just digging around and asking. That was ludic- that's a ludicrous. No one, no one's going. No, no NHL team is giving up four first, four, four, uh, four, four. first rounders. <laughs> yeah, that's a yep. fun thing to say. They're yeah, not yeah. going to give up four yeah. firsts for anybody. Not yeah, I agree. Connor McDavid. That's yeah. a given. So when I pressed a little bit to try and get an understanding of what a package is, and by the way, the Rangers offered a package. That has already been documented. Elliot Friedman noted that the Rangers put a reasonable offer on the table. So I would assume it'd be, it would have been something close to what I was able to dig out. And just for context, it would be a roster player, uh, possibly Heedle, possibly a Strom, maybe a Buchnevich. Not 100% sure who the roster player would be. Obviously, it's got to be somebody the Sabres want. Um, a top, top prospect slash player, maybe like a Vitaly Kratzoff, it would take that. Um, one of the, they're very deep on the prospect pool of defensemen. So any prospect defenseman that they have, not named Mills Lundquist or Braden Schneider, and that means that maybe that like a player like Zach Jones is a possibility. Maybe they want to get him in for some games to showcase him for the summer. If you want to think about it, try every. There's, there's a motive to everything, um, and possibly maybe Matthew Robertson. There's another really good defenseman in their, in their prospect pool. And, uh, and, you know, obviously you're going to have to give them a first-round pick. If they don't get a first-round pick, that's like literally going to be the starting port for a player like that. So you're going to have to give up your first-round pick as well. And the Rangers can easily do that at this point. They're not, you know, they need to, get, they need to go into that next level, which is Stanley Cup contention. And a first-round pick is not going to help your lineup necessarily probably for three years, Okay. Yep. If we want to be realistic. You know, Kako is the number two pick overall, so you put him in the lineup. Lafreniere was the number one pick overall, so you put him in the lineup. Okay? Whoever they're going to get now, again, with the new rules that they put in place, the Rangers are not going to be getting the number one pick. Okay? That's not happening in the lottery. And, and whoever they pick is probably going to take two to three years to develop, and that's not helping you get the Stanley Cup contention. So that would be, the, I think, the deal you're looking at if they make one with, uh, with the Sabres. And again, will the Sabres put him up this summer? That's not a given. I think the, the, you know he's got to demand the trade. I don't think they want to trade him. He's got to demand the trade. And he may do it quietly, but we'll find out. I think that it's leaning that way. So I think Eichel will be made available to the highest bidder, and I think the Rangers are, are the one that are going to walk away with them, whether, they, whether the Sabres want to send them there or not. I think the Rangers are the, are the team to do it. I heard that the Kings, is, this is another one with a deep uh, prospect pool, I heard financially the Kings don't want to add a $10 million player to their roster. They have too many. So they're not going to add. They already have Kopitar. You know, Doughty's uh, going to probably make a, a, you know, a, a ton of money here, and there's other things going on over there. So I don't think they're going to give up a Quentin Byfield for him because I think that's what it would take is they'd have to give up Quentin Byfield, and they, I don't think they want to do that. So the Rangers are probably in the best position if they move him. Otherwise, they're going to be in a bad spot because I don't know come the next deadline, and the next deadline is their last chance to move Eichel before his no-trade kicks in. Once his no-trade kicks in, 
he's going to he's going to handcuff them and they'll get less of a return. Right now they can put as many teams in the in the mix and force the Rangers to give up the most, right? And say, hey, Calgary's called, hey, Boston's calling, hey, this, this, this. You know, we can send them anywhere. We yeah. can send them wherever. Because he's got yeah. no he's got no say where we where we trade him to. That will not be the case. And also financially, and this is important, the way they structured his contract, okay, they were never trading him this year. They already paid him a $7.5 million bonus, right? His right. base salary was just $2 million the rest of the way. They were never going to trade him, okay? Maybe at the deadline was a possibility, but the neck injury kind of ruled that out. Uh, next year, he's owed his full $10 million, right? But mm-hmm. obviously, if they trade him, they won't have to pay it, or they pay some amount until they trade him. If they wait till after, you know, he's got a $7.5 million, another $7.5 million installment coming in the summer of 2022, okay? And that might throw out some teams financially and throw them right out of the mix before his, his no trade kicks in. They're like, yeah, it's great, but I can't afford to pay him $7.5 million right out of my pocket. I can't do it. And they're going to be removed out of, off the list. So a lot of, lot of interesting dynamics that I think don't get talked about enough when it comes to the Sabres, and that's why I think that this is the summer they, they have to move them or else they're going to be handcuffed and won't get the best return possible. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fascinating situation to keep track of, you know, throughout the summer here. And, you know, the Rangers, obviously, it sounds like they're one of the key players in this, you know, maybe uh, even the favorite to land Eichel. But one last thing I want to do before, you know, we call it a day here is uh, – do you have any prediction for Thursday's game against the Devils? I mean, it can be a final score, someone who's going to have a multi-point night, somebody who's going to get into a fight, anything you want to throw out there, anything that's going to happen uh, Thursday night against the Devils here? Natalie Dally, Krasov scores his first NHL goal. Yes, yes. I agree. I agree. I, I, it's funny because uh, going into the two-game set against the Penguins, that was one of the predictions that I made, that he would at least get his first point. And I think I was off by one game because I think it was the game after that two-game set. And by the way, I don't know how he didn't mm-hmm. get an assist on the on the Zibanejad goal. I don't know if they changed that. They're or gonna, not, they they got to change that. They'll they change gotta, that today. There's no okay. way that's not going to get changed. He absolutely yeah, I mean, he, touched the puck, and it was a deft pass. He just yeah. He should get two assists for that. Yeah, right. That that wasn't like you know just a lucky deflection. I mean, he knew what he was doing on that. He could tell that that puck needed to get to Mika, and he had to spring him. So yeah, no, that that yep. was a fantastic play by Kravtsov on that. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, this is a ton of fun as always. And uh, Anthony, we'll definitely have to do this again in the future. Have you back, you know, hopefully when the Rangers are starting their uh, their Stanley Cup playoff run this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry it took so long for me to connect with you and always have a good time when I come on. All right, so a big, big thanks to Anthony Scultori for joining the show here, and a big thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in. And for the record, at least going by NHL.com, Vitaly Krasov has still not been given an assist on that goal by Mika Zibanejad. That one completely baffles me. I think it's pretty obvious that he deflected the puck there, but be that as it may, Rangers still coming off of a very impressive win last night, 3-0 against the Devils, and they'll look for more of the same tomorrow night, Thursday night, also against the New Jersey Devils, this time back at Madison Square Garden. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.